0: Welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited. I'm um, here with my amazing, lovely wife, Dr. Sonia Jensen. Hi
1: there. So we had a fun weekend this past yeah. weekend. It was Halloween, and Dr. Nick got to live out his um, childhood dream and prance around the clinic in tights.
0: Yeah, he was wonderful, uh, very freeing. And um, I didn't actually wear the full suit. I was I was Deadpool this year, and I got to take some fun photos in the clinic mm-hmm. and be a, be a child because it's funny, actually, most – Halloweens, we don't do a huge extravaganza type setup no. with their costumes, right? so no.
1: So the kids were loving it for sure.
0: They were. They they like Deadpool or Dadpool better. Dadpool. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we decided to call it. <laughs> um, so we're, we're having a really important conversation. I mean, timely for the world that we're living in and the pandemic and and a lot of it today is me talking about relationships to food and and what that means for being in a relationship, family dynamics and whatnot. But um. We've got a special guests guests on today. Actually, we've got uh, Drew Manning from Fit to Fat to Fit slash Ford slash 40. Yeah. Um, he's this is his second time around. So Drew, we got a chance to meet through some of our uh, doctor connections and he spoke at our conference. He's been on our podcast. Uh, amazing wealth of information. I mean, you see the guy, he's an amazing condition, amazing physical shape punish his body through going through these long adventures and endeavors and and refeeding his body to the capacity that so many people are stuck in to show the pain and the struggle and the challenge and that it's not so simple just, you know, hitting the gym every day. It's really about reconditioning the body in and out of this, this overfed state that so many people are stuck in. Mm -hmm. So we're we're honored to have uh, a Drew on and his amazing, lovely girlfriend, uh, Julie. So thank you guys for being on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure.
3: And and most of the time I do the podcast, so this is cool to have Julie on as well, Um, which makes sense. To hear
2: the real story. (laughs) That's right.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah. well, this
1: is what we wanted because I don't think people really understand how much food affects life and not just the physical body, but our emotional body, our mental body. And then if it's affecting our relationship with self, it's also affecting our relationship with others and I've been watching the two of you kind of moving through this a little bit on social media. So I think it was so important for us to have Julie on to kind of give that perspective of being the partner and seeing her partner move through these challenges. So I'm really happy that both of you came on today. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So I would love to start with Julie and just you, you knew Drew before uh, uh, just from, you know, maybe visually and whatnot, uh, beautiful man, Uh, saw him go through his journey. Now here you are. You're in the passenger seat, maybe in the driver's seat. I don't know, but you're you're beside him, in this new adventure. What like? What are your initial like? What were your initial hesitancy or or thoughts before going into this, and uh, and maybe take us to where you are now?
2: Sure. Well, Drew had been talking about doing Fit to Fetch Forty. He's been talking about it for for about a year, and I never really thought it would happen because the drew that I know he's over the last two years, he's attempted to run a hundred mile race last year. He attempted again and did it this year. I mean, he's obviously just this extreme athlete that can do just about anything. He's always been super disciplined with his diet. He has a keto book out. So I've always thought, well, he's thinking about it, but no, I I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm very good (laughs) friends with, his ex-wife Lynn and I just since I've been dating drew Lynn and I've become such good friends and she always said to me like don't let him do it (laughs) do not let him do it he was (laughs) miserable he was grumpy he was moody like don't let him do it so I never thought it would actually happen and here we are 2020 anything can happen in 2020 and we're about halfway in through the gaming phase and you know, it didn't hit me until the day that uh, Drew started his day one, I went on a hike that morning, and I actually started crying. And I wasn't emotional at all leading up to it. Because I realized every single day for the last two years of our relationship, we get up in the morning, and we were active together, we do yoga, or we hike, or we go to the gym, or we're doing something together to move our bodies. And I realized, like, that's going to be gone for four months, that's going to be gone for a long time. And it made me so sad. But I hadn't realized until that day. And I was like, man, this is going to be a real shift for our relationship. And so now, you know, we're, we're halfway in. And it's just been hard in ways that I never even predicted. And I miss him hiking still. But you know, I go by myself. And that's been fine. But it's definitely been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much grief, I think, that happens because we have this um, desire and expectation of what life is going to look like. And when there's a hiccup, which all of us have faced in 2020, and to throw another layer on top of that, um, there's going to be some grieving that happens, even though you know it's temporary, even though we know that in our minds and our hearts, but just in that moment, there's so much grief. And Drew, like, what was your experience of seeing julie go through that in those first moments when you first started like was there guilt or was there this like okay i'm just going to stop everything because this (laughs) is more important or like what was going through your mind at that time
3: yeah that's a really good question i was surprised i thought going into it she had a good understanding from my ex-wife lynn of what what to expect and she's like yeah i got this it'll be fun for a little bit it'll be a little bit hard but it'll be fine so when she came back emotional (laughs) i was like oh great (laughs) I was like, yeah. I mean, I was trying to Here be sensitive go. to her. I was like trying to be sensitive to her, but I'm like, this is going to be way harder for her than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm, <clears throat> I can do really hard things. Like I can push myself through some hard stuff. Like right now is really hard, which we'll get into the details of why it's so hard. But there, even though I know it's hard for Julie, like there's not this part of me that's like, oh, it's getting too hard. I need to quit. If there was some serious health condition that was happening, you know, I just got some blood work done today with my doctor if there was something very serious that he was like, hey, you're, you're getting close to death, <laughs> like then I, I'm not that stupid, but I obviously would pull the trigger. But if it's like, yeah, it's hard, it's uncomfortable, I'm still gonna push through it. And I kind of remember back to my 100 miler that I had to have that mentality to push me through those uncomfortable hours of continuing to run, continuing to run to finish the 100 miles. And this is, the, I look at it as something similar. It's like, this is hard, it sucks. It's gonna be painful. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but it's all temporary. And so, yeah, my heart goes out to Julie because I seen her cry that first time. I was like, man, I think this is gonna be harder for her than it is for me. Um, from that perspective of her not being able to have, you know, the old version of me. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit nervous <laughs> to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean, what you've put your body, or what you've been able to put your body through physically, and and you know, demanding that of yourself from an athletic point of view. Um, what do you think the role has been in, in <clears throat> sort of that teeter-totter? Like, do you think that, you know, is it truly the, the experience of the individual that you're, that you might be coaching uh, when maybe some people, you know, maybe grew up exercising and whatnot. But you've put yourself through some pretty challenging experiences and created this strong ability to adapt. Um, what, what's been the experience sort of metabolically <clears throat> or physically this time around versus the last time uh, regarding yeah. the bouncing back? Yeah, that's a really good
3: question. So uh, last time I did it, it, was it was almost 10 years ago, nine years ago. And um, I was 31. I was in a totally different place in my life. Like mm-hmm. uh, back then I was married. <laughs> I had two little kids. They're like, you know, a newborn and a two-year-old and um, just, you know, very religious. And now I'm not so religious and more spiritual. I had a different mindset back then. The physical side of it, It was hard because back then I was so obsessed with my body image as my self-image that I was super uncomfortable being overweight. And I was so concerned about what other people thought of me back then that it just, it freaked me out to be overweight because I thought that my value, my identity was based on my body looking a certain way with a six pack and with muscles. And that's what I wanted uh, people's perception of me to be. And when I wasn't that, I kind of didn't know who I was without the six pack, right? this time around i'm a lot more self-aware i'm not as obsessed about my body image as my self-image and so going into it i'm like oh yeah i'm still gonna meditate i'm still gonna journal i'm still gonna do a gratitude list all these things will help me stay grounded be present i'll still be grateful i'm not gonna be as obsessed about my body and it'll be a little bit easier this time around thinking that's the way it would be but um (laughs) that first month right julie was a freaking it was like from one extreme to the other extreme like it's all at once.
2: It's a nightmare. Let's
1: yeah, it, it wasn't like
3: gradually I increased my calories. To, yeah, it was like 3,000 calories a day and exercising every day to no exercise and 6,000 calories a day, almost 7,000. And my body just like freaked out. So I was sleeping well. I was more moody, more ornery, you know, all those things that come from uh, living an unhealthy lifestyle. The brain fog was for real. The lethargy was there. The lack of energy. Um, yeah. And my ability to handle stress, that's one thing that's gotten worse over this time around is I think my ability to handle stress is different. And not not to say my life is more stressful versus less stressful. I think back then, I didn't have this brand. I didn't have as much writing on this journey as I did that back then because I was in the, working in the medical field full time. This time around, I was like, I got to capture everything. I got to have the camera on. I got to do a Facebook Live. I got to do podcasts. I got to create content. I got to do all these things. So my life is more stressful now versus back then, you know? Um, and my ability to handle stress has been diminished. So it's been, it's been freaking hard. <laughs> yeah, <no kidding. laughs>
1: and you know, when, when you look at men and women, like how differently we are built. So um, it's said that men do better with acute stress and women <clears> can actually <throat> handle more chronic stress. And that thing that you said about like, being able to push through something and needing a challenge I feel like men need that in their life like they need some sort of a challenge that's like physical and mental and to um, get grounded in who they are whereas women in our capacity to see things we see the full picture so and I'm speaking for Julie so I'd I'd love for you to like come into (laughs) this is like because when we see it's like okay here he is starting at day one but we already know what day 30 is going to look like there's it's it's gonna be, there's gonna be mood swings. There's, you know, the kids are involved. Um, what's life gonna look like after his health, like looking at the big picture of that too. So our minds go like whew, way over <laughs> here. Whereas you're like, I'm just eating this today.
3: Yeah. Now I'm doing <laughs> so dirty true. keto,
1: now I'm doing dirty veggies. So Julie, yeah. how do you yeah. manage that piece for yourself while Drew's doing this?
2: Well, I think first I have to start by saying, I thought this would be so fun. I honestly thought like this is going to be great. Like Drew's going to want to sit on the couch and eat ice cream with me. And we're going to watch a ton of TV because otherwise, you know, in our normal life, we never do that. Drew doesn't even sit down during the day. (laughs) I'm thinking we're going to go to all my favorite restaurants and we're just going to have the best time together. And I kept thinking like Drew's going to have all this free time because he's not exercising. He's not working out. I just thought our lives would get easier and way more fun. And I, we both realized really quickly that that was a false expectation that he actually was busier and still is busier now with work than he was before the journey started. And the food part, it's fun for me because I just eat that way every once in a while, but he feels sick most of the time. And so it's not really as enjoyable when, you know, he just, it just makes him feel bad. And I, and what to answer your question originally, yes, I'm thinking, okay, full spectrum, the big picture, we've got four months to go. And I was thinking the fourth month was going to be the hardest when he's not feeling good and he's at his heaviest. But what happened, hopefully, I'm right, in my opinion, what happened was the first month was the hardest because, like Drew said, it was a complete 180. It was so different. And so he is able to vary easily say okay this week is keto week this is vegan week this is vegetarian and for me i'm like how are we gonna get through this next four months it's too much (laughs) (laughs) what do you think drew is that accurate
3: yeah it's very accurate and that's why she gets so stressed out because she's thinking about the past the present the future all at once and she's like i can't this is too much (laughs) and i'm like I just got to eat this burrito and then I can chill for a second, you know, like it's just like, it's like I'm more of a point and she's more of a wave, you know? Yes. So it's yes. just yeah. how we're wired, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up that question, Sonia. I love how you guys answered it because it's, it's so true where I find it myself too. If I know what I'm doing and I've got a way to get there, I know how I'm going to get there or I, there's some sort of plan. You, yeah. just, you just put your head down and get it done. And and there's a very male nature to like taking things to completion. And so, you know, I can, I can totally, (laughs) it's interesting actually to listen to this female dynamic in this, in this conversation to see that, yeah, there's, who's going to make the lunches. Like, what, what what are the girls going to think about, about dad, you know, eating all this garbage. And like, there's like all these multitude of different things that if I was in your shoes, I'd probably just do the same. Like I just expect Sonia to be there helping me get through my day. And, uh, and that's just, you know, that's what happens. And then I think it's interesting. You brought up like what you're doing this time around is so, is so different. I mean, you're, you're promoting and you're, you're sharing and, and there's a real demand to educate people in in all the different platforms. I, I can imagine, like, as you said that, like just, that is a whole lot more stress. So, so if you wouldn't mind walking us through, like, how is that, how is that affecting the relationship? Because I think people really need to understand that when we're biochemically a complete mess, it's really easy for everything else to sort of fall apart. So if you kind of walk us through, because I think that would give, um a helpful understanding for people yeah. to see how much that food affects their behavior, right?
3: Yeah, 100%. This is one of the reasons I'm doing this journey is to make people more aware of when you eat unhealthy food and you live a sedentary lifestyle and you don't exercise, you don't take care of your health, your physical health. It carries over into other areas of your life, whether you like it or not. Because a lot of people think, oh, if I eat this cheeseburger and fries and milkshake, I'll gain fat. If I eat this salad, I'll, I'll lose fat. And that's the way we look at food, and there's no nothing beyond that, right? When in reality, the reason you're crabby, you're moody, you're angry, you're um, uh, anxious, you're depressed, a lot of it stems from our food choices first and foremost, and it you know it, it carries over into our relationships with your kids, with your loved ones, with your spouse, with whoever. It you, the version of you that's showing up isn't the best version of you when you aren't. <clears throat> taking care of your physical health. So what that looks like, and I've tried to paint a picture for people since the beginning of this, is I'm, I'm eating all this food, right? S- uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you know, <laughs> bean and cheese burritos, like uh, pasta and pizza and mac and cheese and top ramen and sodas and all this stuff that I'm eating. Um, and then I get these big, huge uh, blood sugar spikes, right? And then I get a spike and then I crash, spike, crash, spike, crash multiple times a day. And that affects my energy levels. When my energy levels are affected, uh, it it carries over into how my sleep is. And so I've been tracking my sleep data on my WHOOP, my HRV, my recovery score, which has totally crashed (laughs) since the beginning of this journey. So if I'm not sleeping very well, everyone knows how it feels to be sleep-deprived, right? And you're just a different version of yourself. You're constantly in survival mode. So what that looks like throughout the day is – you know, um, my ability to like handle stress from Julie, for example, is like, she's like, "Hey, I have an issue. And normally I'm like, okay. I'm calm. Peace is in. We'll get through this using <laughs> all the tools I've used in therapy and reading books and podcasts to navigate those difficult waters. Right. <laughs> and then on top of that, I have two daughters and dealing with their stress and their issues and their tantrums sometimes. And like, okay, you know, my fuse keeps getting shorter and shorter to now is no fuse. <laughs> my fuse is right. like, yeah. Usually really, I'm like, okay, I got, I got a ways to go, but now it's like, I'm so reactive because I'm sleep deprived. And so <clears throat> my ability to handle stress from life, stresses of life are affected. So I'm not as loving or as patient with you or my, or my girls or certain situations. And I am more anxious. I am more depressed in situations where I have more low lows Um, on this journey. And yeah, it affects like when we argue, which normal couples do, I just am like, what's the easiest way to get through this? I don't want to put a lot of effort into this because I've, you know, I don't have that mental capacity right now. I don't have that mental endurance, if you will, to deal with, you know, being patient and like understanding someone's situation. It's, It's really hard. And so this is what I'm trying to make people more aware of is it doesn't just affect your waistline. It affects who you are at the core of your personality, how you show up in these situations. And you're not the best version of yourself. And Julie's experienced that. And I just want to say this before Julie kind of, I know she's going to say, well, let me tell you from my perspective, hold on, <laughs> I gotta take you a know. breath. I gotta take a breath. <laughs> take a <note>. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take a breath. <clears throat> um, is that I know that I've changed, uh, you know, slightly not, I'm not this crazy person. That's just like throwing things and mad and angry. It's like, yeah, I'm a little bit worse than I was before. I'm a little bit less patient. I'm a little bit more reactive. I, I am aware of that, but I wouldn't say that I'm like this crazy, depressed, angry person. <laughs> Just want to make sure you guys understand. That. Go ahead, Julie. <laughs>
2: um, no, I, I, I definitely don't want to paint that picture. Nobody's saying that you're crazy. What I do think, and Drew will disagree with me here, I think. Drew is more depressed than he even realizes. I I know that you're bar- I know. I know. I see you <laughs> questioning that. You are very self-aware, but it's like me at the beginning of the pandemic, I was incredibly depressed and I thought I knew what was going on. And then months later, I'm like, wow, I was seriously at a low, low. And I couldn't even see what I was doing and what was going on. And so I think that Drew, you're, you're a little bit more depressed than you are aware of. And I understand why completely. I mean, watching you, it's like, of course you're depressed. You're not sleeping. You, your stomach's hurting all the time. Um, I, and you're not exercising. There's no outlet. So I can see why. But I do think that um, looking back, once you're on your journey back to fit, I think looking back, you'll be surprised at uh, some of the videos that we've taken, the things that we've documented because you are just so different. You say a different version of yourself. And there have been times when I have looked at Drew and I'm like, are, are, are you are you even still in there? Like, is this really you? Where are you? And I, you know, normally Drew is, I mean, I, I swear I would never even see him mad before. It's like, are you going to get mad about this? Like this person just did that. Are you going to get mad? And he's like, well, you know, he's just, the nicest guy. And now it's just, it's just different. There's just a different reactive, um, it's just like an instinct. It's just totally different. And so that's been really hard. And also I've been incredibly stressed out during his journey. I absolutely have my part. I have really been needy. And I mean, work is just stressing me out and there's all these things going on. And I'm like, Drew, I need you my rock. And that doesn't help either because you're feeling already depleted like your cup is empty and then here i am like okay i need you to help make me feel better make me feel better because i'm so stressed out and then all these things are happening and that really doesn't help either of us right
0: mm-hmm. And just just before you jump mm-hmm. in Sonya, um how long like like in a in a typical say couple dynamic do you think that sort of hall pass to to abuse yourself would actually last like do you know what I'm saying you know you know that this is over in a couple months yeah but you know for so many people that are going through this that maybe when they hear stories like this a will have this understanding. oh well you know I feel bad for them because they're sort of you know they're stuck in this rhythm but I, I, I mean it's got to be part of that a big underlying reason why people just don't make it through and so on, on your end I mean let's say drew just hit a hit a tailspin he was going down you know like how long does the hall pass actually work for where you go like you know he'll pick his socks back up right
2: well does that that question
0: kind of make sense it sure does (laughs) and to answer your
2: question since drew started this journey not saying that this is only his fault but since the journey started we've broken up twice Hmm. so already that i mean there's not uh, so I'd say like a month, a week. I don't I don't really know. Obviously, it takes two to say and go, and it's, yeah. it's both of us. But it, it reminds me a little bit, too, of I'm divorced. Like, Drew, I'm also divorced. And in my marriage, the same thing happened where my ex-husband was severely depressed, <clears throat> didn't realize it. Um, and, it, you know, for so long, a like couple years, I was like, okay, come on, here we go, here we go. And I think it just totally depends on the other person's capacity. And for me this year, I have been way less patient because 2020 has totally turned my world upside down at work and with my family and you know, obviously socially. So for me, my fuse has also been a lot shorter. Do you agree with that, Drew?
3: Yeah, 100%, that's the thing is like, I feel like I'm put on the spot with everything that's happening to me when really your situation has made you a different version of yourself.
0: Absolutely. So you combine
3: that with me doing what I'm doing, which is on purpose, by the way. And I think one of the things that is important to put out there is like you were saying, Nick, is, um, you know, how long you stay with someone and give them that whole pass for. I think if, if people are trying to change or are trying to like, all right, hey, I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start doing this diet or that diet. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to start journaling. If there's some effort there versus doing what I'm doing, which is zero effort, <laughs> you know, for the <laughs> most part, but it's on purpose – I think you give someone a whole pass if they're really trying, like if you're if you're really trying to make improvements, you're doing the work, you're, you're going to therapy, you're doing whatever it takes to continue to improve. I think that's worth something. Um, My situation is different though, because I'm purposely not doing the work that I normally would do. And isn't just enough to meditate. I am meditating and journaling and doing a gratitude list, but it's, It's not, it's still like, this is hard. Like it's, I thought it was going to be way easier with these tools. Like, Oh, but man, it is freaking so hard, you know? And what I'm doing in four months is what people usually do over the course of years. Like it's not, obviously I'm going to one extreme and doing it all in four months. It takes people, you know, five, 10 pounds a year after, you know, five, 10 years of having kids and being stressed that adds up, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So many thoughts so you know when um, when i'm just hearing you guys talk like i think the emphasis really is on self right so uh, the lens that we're wearing in that moment is a lens that provides the information that <clears throat> we're going to respond or react to life in so for you julie um having that trigger of having a past relationship that shifted because of that dynamic of depression is no matter how much work we do and because yes. you know, we all have our stories, those triggers still show up and then fear shows up with that of like, you don't want to lose this person that you love. But if this doesn't shift, you have your own stuff that's coming up for you. And then Drew has their right. own things that are coming up for him. And then that's going to come in to that dynamic. Because then we have this expectation of that other person shifting so that we can feel better. And we, we all do that. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in our relationship where um was wearing a beard Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) and well other people would be like oh he's just growing a beard but to me it's a real trigger because something happened to me when i was little and that man had a beard and so it was a huge thing for us for a year Mm -hmm. and it shifted our relationship it shifted intimacy for us like it shifted so much and like so when you have these triggers that are coming up i think this is like a beautiful example for people to understand that when biochemically your body's not serving you when hormones aren't serving you your outside world isn't serving you and everything feels like shit it's going to show up in that relationship so like it's always like <clears> we need <throat> to put that mirror in front of ourselves to see like well how am i contributing to this and what can i do for myself to feel whole within myself and not have that expect oops sorry that expectation of the other and in relationship like how do we support that with one another.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really cool dynamic. And that's something Julie and I've talked about is like, hey, we both need to show up to the relationship and realize that we have to do our part. And our job isn't always to make the other person happy. So sometimes we put that expectation on the other person like, hey, you're supposed to make me happy. You didn't do these things. Therefore, I'm not happy because of that. Versus, okay, how can I serve myself in these situations, make myself happy so that you know, if I do something nice for this person, it's almost like a bonus or a cherry on top, and you know, you're not constantly that the only source of that person's uh, happiness. And so we've we've talked about that in the past, right, Julie? And and you know, your expectations versus how I show up sometimes is different, and it looks different. Therefore, it doesn't mean I'm not showing up, mm-hmm. right? But in <laughs> yeah. your perception, you're like, you didn't show up to me. I'm like, well, I did. It just <laughs> looks like this, and you're expecting this, and I'm like. I, I didn't know that's what you wanted. I was I didn't you know, I'm I was like I
0: don't know how that feels.
3: <laughs> I'm like, how was I supposed to know? Yeah. I was like, how was I supposed to know to say that exact thing the way you wanted me to? And then now that you're asking me to say that thing, it doesn't sound authentic because
2: Yeah, because you're like, asking, asking me to say myself. it, but I'm like,
3: I said it in a way that I thought was good enough. But anyways, yeah. that, that's a small pattern in our relationship that keeps coming up sometimes where it's like as a man, you're like, I can't read your mind. I don't know. That's what you wanted. So if you just I told know, me. And
2: I want you to just know that I want you <laughs> to tell me how much you love me at the end of every single night. I'm so I'll focused on I'm
3: trying to finish my my pepperoni pizza and beer. <laughs> that's all I'm focused on. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, I'm yes. Just... And yeah.
3: It's interesting <laughs>
2: because it, it kind of comes down to love languages and mm-hmm. I, even think our love language has shifted quite a bit during this journey because to me quality time for us was hiking and biking together and do and that was like when i felt the most connected to drew and it was so meaningful and we really had to to shift that and i think it's we still haven't really figured figured that out and then physical touch is very different now with Drew being bigger, his libido is different, and mm-hmm. that's caused another shift. Do you want to talk about that, Drew?
0: I, I want to hear about this. This sounds good. Yes.
3: <clears throat> yeah. What, what, do you, what specifically do you want me to say about that, though? I need to make sure I say the right things. Um, I don't want to get in trouble on podcast.
2: Your libido been affected?
3: Oh, 6%? for sure, 100. And this is—we met with a doctor, Dr. Amy Killen. She's a sex mm. expert doctor out here in Utah. She's great she kind of painted a picture for Julie, like, hey, this is probably what's going to happen. So it, this is it, this is temporary, but Drew's going to go through this, this, and this. And you were you were very, like, you are asking all the questions. You're very intrigued. You're like, oh, okay. But I think in the back of your mind, you're like, well, I don't think it's going to change that much. And you better s- stay up to par with what that, you know, the, the, the bar <laughs> set before. This is and true. <laughs> it hasn't, because in the beginning, it was very slow. Like, I still had my libido. I still had my drive. I still had you know that sexual desire as I've gotten bigger and bigger being out of breath is a legit thing like you've seen me after sex like passed out on the bed like breathing heavily for it 10 takes minutes like, like
2: 10 minutes to calm down and I'm trying like, I'm to like
3: slow laughing. my heart rate down and I'm just like I thought I just did the hardest workout of my life and I'm like sweating and like this is so freaking hard um but then on top of that with the hormones changing and my sleep deprivation yeah the the libido is just not what it was. And so, um, you know, I knew that was going to be a thing. I told Julie, like, I don't want to take testosterone supplements or exogenous testosterone. Cause I want this to be real to show people what happens when you live this lifestyle and people are like, Oh, I'll just pop a pill and that'll fix everything it's not you're not getting at the root cause of the problem and eventually you know give me two more months when i start to reverse this it will go back up to where what it was but i constantly have to remind her like i'm not a robot i'm not a machine i'm i'm like i'm uh... <laughs> well first of all she, she's almost 10 years younger she's 9 years younger than me so yes yeah,
2: so i'm in my sex drive Toronto. is
3: already way above mine and yeah. i'm like trying to keep up with her Um, and, and then now that it's shifted and I've gone even further downhill, she's still up there. And I just, I feel bad because I'm like, look, I can only do what I can do. And if I'm freaking bloated and like stomach issues, I don't feel sexy. Like you wouldn't want me. But that's
2: all the time. It's not just like one night out of the week. That's what makes it so complicated is it is every single night you feel that way. And I'm like, well, I don't. So... Mm -hmm.
3: But no. you know what else? <laughs>
2: <Absolutely>. <laughs> you know what else? I just thought of this and uh-huh. I've never, we haven't actually talked about this before, but this is also a thing. Drew is always really hot now that he's bigger. He's sweating a lot. He's yes. hot and he's uncomfortable. So we don't even cuddle the way we used to. And I don't you know, snuggle up next to him the way I used to, because I was like, I'm hot. I'm just so hot. Like, I don't want this blanket. I'm just hot. So that's another part for me that's, that's uh, changed. You're always hot. We don't just, there isn't uh, any other physical touch. That's just loving connection because you're always hot and uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. sweatier with the bigger you are, the sweatier I get. I feel like, and, and yeah, your body heat on top of my body heat is like, too much and so i turn the ac down very low and she's like freezing to death And I'm bad. <laughs> I but you I'm can all, out, I'm you can always blanket. put you can always put clothes on to make yourself warmer you can't take l- more clothing off like yeah. you can't no you know, and there? i
2: do so i'm like in this hoodie <laughs> and sweats and a blanket and i'm like well no wonder he doesn't want to have sex because i look like an eskimo but still come on <laughs> you got to get one of those heavy blankets with the it's
1: glass snuggie. beads too or yeah exactly. right that's all right
3: yeah.
0: Well, I'm curious. So you guys brought up the the love language thing. You said that it's changed a little bit. Obviously, Drew's love language is food right now, but yeah. um, <laughs> uh, just kidding, of course. But what 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 do you what were they before, and what what do you feel like it is now uh, in this tr- transition? That's a good question, Julie. I I know my love language. I'm very
3: easygoing. Like I don't need a ton of stuff from Julie. I think just quality time is my love language that's
2: uh no don't (laughs) let him fool you that
3: happens to us all the time (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking what's my love language then i
2: was like what it's it's all of it acts of service acts of service (laughs) it goes along with quality time but i mean but i don't know i feel like well you don't need affirmation words of affirmation really so that's one that no um but (laughs) Yeah. yeah acts of service maybe maybe gifts every once in a while uh, quality time of is. Yeah, well, and that's the the other thing. I used to say yeah. like Drew's love language, like to me, was he would cook for me. And that was mm-hmm. awesome. I used to say Drew's love language is food, but in a different way, but he would love to cook healthy meals for yeah, me. And that was awesome. I do. That's I did. I just did. Changed. Yeah, because he doesn't cook for me now. He's making his own food. And for me, um, physical touch and words of affirmation are pretty, pretty high up there. It actually used to be more of the quality time, but I think words of affirmation have gone up because I'm not getting the physical touch the way I was before. So that's like, when I say, you know, before bed, I'm like, I would love to hear that you love me. This is temporary. Everything is gonna be fine. And sometimes he's just like, I just told you that like an hour ago. And I'm like, come on.
3: <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I think, all, it's, it's helpful to see that because I think the dynamic, dynamics can change in a relationship anyways. But, you know, especially when there's a, a bigger stress, it's interesting how some, like you said, physical touch became a little bit more important or, or, or words of affirmation became a little more important because those other things were missing. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Go ahead, Drew. I think you're going to say something.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, you were talking about how her love language has shifted a little bit and how I've had to adapt or adjust to that. <clears throat> I feel like I have to kind of, think more on the offense of like okay how do I prevent her from getting to the point where she's not feeling love so I'm like doing random acts of kindness for her to like if I say this if I do this this will keep her from like needing something for me because sometimes my capacity to give is not what it used to be between giving to my daughters giving to my business and giving to you sometimes I'm like look I'm, I'm at my max for the day I just, there's nothing there. There's no creativity. There's no energy to like be sweet and romantic. It's just like, Hey, um, let's, I, I do you want some pasta and some cheese pizza. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I just have no, there's no sexiness there because I feel like my energy to give is sometimes wiped out by the end of the day with everything that I have going on. And so I see that disconnect and I see how it's changed and I'm like trying to the, the, Things I can do are random acts of kindness, whether it's a text message, whether it's a funny meme that I send to her to let her know I'm thinking about her, flowers um, to prevent her needing so much from me. You know,
0: yeah. I, I got a quick question here. Um, or maybe it's not quick, but uh, in this in this version of of uh, reality, with you know how things are, um, how things can get with relationship. There's always an evolution, I think, as the longer people are together, where um, that self-care is so important, and that that sort of like diving within and you know creating that personal time. Um, this is part of your journey, Drew. Right now, you know, doing this thing, you know, for the greater good of of people. I mean, actually, there's a, there's a guy who posted uh, something saying like. You're, out of all the people that he's known, it was something I'm paraphrasing, but he he basically said, "You're doing a service that that re- represented Jesus uh, dying on the cross." Like I don't know if you yeah, remember I that, saw comment. that. I it was saw that. Really yeah, it's a powerful crazy. comment that he shared. Yeah, and um, now in this journey, you're you you are in service in in your mind and in in the goal that you're you're delivering. Um, is there resentment? And I mean, because I felt resentment when when with the whole beard thing, I was like, "Well, this is me in." My purpose or whatever that is right now, I don't know why that was so definable, but it was through my connection to yoga and everything. It was a persona that I was embodying and I really respected that I was doing it. It was a challenge for me because I never used to have a beard and all that stuff. Small things, but at some point there was this level of autonomy of like this is who I am. So knowing that about yourself, like this is who you are, you're going through this journey. It's, it's reasonable to have a bit of resentment towards someone else when you're like, Hey, this, this is what I'm doing right now. And uh, if you can kind of talk about that a little bit. 100%. So
3: interesting. <clears throat> On it. Yeah. Very interesting. 100%. And I will get very detailed, Julie. So, you know, <laughs> there, there's been some moments where I have been frustrated with Julie and held resentment towards her when we got into arguments over my schedule, because one of the reoccurring themes in our relationship has been, you know, she feels sometimes that her life revolves around my schedule because what I'm doing right now is the biggest, most important thing in my life right now, currently, but she still has her life and her family business and all that stuff going on. And yes, it can seem like her life revolves around my schedule because like we went to Arizona and I was meeting up with Chris and Heidi Powell to do some food challenges and film the whole thing. And it was work, right. It was fun, but it was still work. And she wanted to hike and I couldn't go hiking and she wanted me to schedule a massage. And I didn't do that. Cause I don't want a massage right now. And I just, um, you know, I, I kind of resented her cause she was, she was upset that she had to go to the food challenge, skip the hike. And there was no massage um, scheduled for her. And she kind of <laughs> came at me in that situation. And I was like, look, this is super important to me. I need you. I thought you were going to be on board with this. You said you were. And now that you're here in Arizona with me, now you're now you're upset with my schedule. I thought that you were okay with it. So there has been moments where she's she'll act like she's okay with it. And then she's like, after a while, after thinking about it, she's like, you know what? I'm not okay with this. And this really bugs me. And there has been some resentment sometimes and we that's where we've honestly broken up because she gets hurt like she's not loved enough and I get defensive because I'm like, no, you said you're okay with this and, and you can't just change it on me and expect me to do what you want me to do. And so it's kind of causes to butt heads and we've had to work, work through some tough times with our therapist alone, doing our own tools uh, to help us get through those situations. Um, but yeah, there has been some of those moments. Totally. Go ahead, Julie, because I'm sure you got some responses to that. You have 60 seconds to respond. I feel like this is a presidential debate. You have 60 seconds. Not
2: not really. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. totally, I think Drew's feelings are totally valid. Um, I don't have, when he was talking, I wasn't thinking like, that's not true and that's not true. No, I, I completely understand. And it's funny because a couple of my girlfriends or people who know both Drew and I have said to me like, is, at what point is it not worth it? Like if, if it's going to tear your re- relationship apart, like, is he ever going to stop? And the way I respond now is, you know, I, I would love for that to happen, but this is Drew's purpose. Like this is, I, I could never ask him to stop doing something that is so selfless that he knows, like he, he knows what his mission is. He has a, a message to get out. Um, And so, no, I think everything Drew said was valid, and and this is what I signed up for. I had no idea it was going to be this hard, but it's true. At the end of the day, I did sign up for it, and Drew is a self-experimenter, you know? He did the 100-mile race, and now he's doing this other thing, and so it's um, just taken me some time to figure out how to navigate his life and still keep my independence and and stay really strong in who I am and what I need and what I want. Um, So, so yeah, I think that's totally fair. What you said, Drew.
1: Yeah. I think at the end of the day, all we want is connection, right? And sometimes what that connection looks like can alter. Um, I know Drew is a big Brene Brown fan as, as am I. And she, talks about you know that need for all of us humans to belong. And when it comes to our partners, it's like our partners are such good um, mirrors for us. And also we learn so much through that interaction. So the two of you just speaking to this right now, I bet you like so many people can relate to this. And this is their like almost normal. I mean, you two know that this is like temporary and this is what's going on. You're very self-aware and you can see like the bigger picture and the feelings are still very real. So yes, we can see the bigger picture, but in those moments, those feelings can can take over our entire being and our entire state. So the fact that you guys broke up two times, it's like, it'd be weird if you guys didn't because <laughs> you guys are going through so much right now, but I think mm-hmm. you guys are teaching such a beautiful thing for, cause it's not just about the food anymore, right? It's about this whole life experience that we have that affects us and like on that hormonal peace like oxytocin is our it's our love hormone but when we're in a state of survival like drew was saying like so drew's in his state of survival in his way julie's in her state of survival with like the the business the pandemic all that. it just looks different but it's still the same so those that oxytocin is getting burnt out so it's like then we feel more of a desire to connect and i think it's just finding those different ways of connecting like you guys have now to make that actually happen. So what are, like Drew said a few things. So Julie, what are some things that you have done for yourself to feel grounded during this time so that that reaction isn't necessarily one that takes over but you're able to respond to what's happening?
2: Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) and I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, I feel like for some reason after this second breakup that we've had, I feel more self-aware now than I've ever felt before. And it could be because we've talked it to death. It could be meditation finally working, or it could be my journaling. But I oftentimes now notice these thoughts that come up that normally I would be like, well, Hey Drew, you didn't show up for this for me. And I wanted you to be there. Cause I came to your talk. I like, I noticed the reaction come up and like, I don't attach myself to it or there are times where I'm like, this is just insane. Like, what am I doing? And I, but I realize this is just a thought. It's just a story in my head and I don't have to attach myself to that story. So I think actually a lot of it is being patient with myself and giving myself grace instead of judging like, Oh, great. Well, I'm thinking that. So maybe we better just break up or I, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, But I'd say for me, taking some time to myself um, in those moments where I'm frustrated with Drew, whether that's sitting on the porch or even sitting on like our doorstep right outside of the door and letting the dogs run around or uh, going for a walk, or maybe I'm calling or Marco Poloing a friend since we can't get together as much. You know, that's another part about this journey that we cannot skip over There's no social escape. I mean, Drew and I are together almost 24-7, and we see our friends every once in a while, but it's just a couple of them. We're not going out. Nobody's traveling. I mean, we are just in each other's space all the time, and I think the pandemic is playing a really big role, and I wonder if we had normal social lives now, if we would have. The issues that we're having, I'm not really sure, but that's a huge component for both of us. It's like, what are we going to do tonight? Well, can't go anywhere, so we'll just stay at home and do this. You know, that? don't you think, Drew? I think that's played such a big role.
3: Well, 100%, not in just our relationship, but I think the world, We, you know, domestic abuse cases have gone up, unfortunately, and people are at home, stuck at home, and yeah, it has affected people more than people think. Um, and one of the things that uh, to touch on, too, is what Julie said, and this is what our therapist has tried to teach her to do, is learn how to self-soothe. Because sometimes I'm not going to be able to show up for her the way she expects me to because of it's not something I can control. I can't be perfect every single day. And she needs to find ways in those moments where she's needing from me, but I'm not able to give. Like, let's say I'm with my girls and let's say I'm stressed out or whatever. She needs to learn how to self-soothe. That's one of the things she's gotten better at. Where sometimes she'll go, I don't know what girl, what you're not going to the spa, but you'll, simple things like, I you'll, yeah, yeah, whether it's like shopping online or um, whether it's reading a book or uh, like sitting out on the porch, you know, whatever you need to do to self soothe. Because if you think about it, it's not really me showing up for her that's lacking in her life, it's her not feeling connected to a certain way. Sometimes it's disconnection from yourself. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just reconnecting with yourself in those moments, and so rather than putting that pressure on me, which makes me get defensive, and then that triggers you, and then we go down that rabbit hole. It's you know, can, can, you know, feeling that connection, that love, sometimes that I can't always give you, to be able to give yourself.
0: And I think she's done a lot better at that. Thanks. Awesome. You. I got a question for both of you to, to ponder, and that is: sure. how do you how do you want to show up differently in the relationship once this is over?
2: Like once the gaming is over, or the whole thing is over. The
0: thing. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. yeah when, once, once you're back, like once Drew's back, <laughs> like what what is what is the relationship pieces that you you see yourself projecting into into that next version of uh, the relationship?
2: Drew, you Let's start. I don't know.
0: Let me go start.
3: <laughs> I think first, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is sex. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, showing <laughs> That's what she wanted to hear. If you see this <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the first yes thing. Like, that. feeling. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's not so much because I'm bigger that I don't feel sexy. It's just the the unhealthy feeling that doesn't make me feel sexy. So, I have stomach aches, bloating, sweating all the time. Like, obviously, I'm not manscaping anymore, you know. <laughs> no. I might well, things
0: <laughs> as I Go get ahead, larger, Tim. as I get
3: larger, things appear smaller. Let me just it's say all that. proportional, yeah exactly. it's not it's yeah. unfair. It's an optical illusion. but but I don't feel like my sexiest self in this moment with everything that's going on. So I, I don't feel sexy, but when I do feel sexy, she knows it. She's, you know, like I said, I've set the bar really high in the first two years of a relationship because of that because i felt sexy and super confident but now that i'm this and a little bit heavier and just feeling unhealthy i don't feel that level of confidence that i used to so that would be the first thing that i would want to show up more for her and my hope is that things get a little bit less stressful where i do have more time to be creative and think of fun at riding the max of kindness for her Mm -hmm. yeah that
2: yeah i i think i I just miss feeling like we're dating. Honestly, it's just so, it's just so different now. I mean, we're always home. We we're not going out to eat. Um, And when I think about like, I miss our normal life. Like, what does that look like? It's, I miss um, us being social and having fun with our friends. I miss, or even just us cooking together. I miss that. Or, you know, especially, uh, April and May, we would go on a walk together every single night after I got home from work. And that meant so much to me. It was, I like looked forward to that. And, okay, after work, we're going to go on a walk, then we're going to cook together. And so I miss just doing those, those little things. And I, I think everything right now is just so <laughs> amplified. I miss the simplicity of, of us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's
1: like two different ways um, to look at what the pandemic's done. It's um, taken away a lot, but I also think it's given some opportunity to take away some of the distractions that may have yes. been there when you're feeling all the things that you're feeling in this process. Yes. Because now it's like you were forced to look at it. You're forced to see your each other's parts in it and heal that with everything that you're doing. Um, So we have a few more minutes left. So I have a last question for the two. It's not even a question. It's an opportunity. Um,
0: Sounds so much better like that. It is, (laughs) yes.
1: So in like a sentence or two to each other, if you guys could share your like deepest desire from your heart of what you want to see for the other person through this
2: process. Oh, wow. That's an excellent question. What do I want to see for like happen for Drew? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, just for him. (sighs) I want, oh man. I don't, I don't know. I, I want so many things for Drew and I want, honestly, what I want for Drew is to feel like he did it And he made a difference and that he got his message across. And I know he's doing that and I want him to get to the other side and look back and say, that was worth it. It was so hard. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was so worth it because all of this unfolded. And now Mm -hmm. I feel amazing. That's, that's really what I want
3: for Drew. Mm -hmm. Um, What I want for you, Julie, is for you to, discover uh, that you are your true source of happiness, like with fit to fed to forty without fit to fed to 40 with me, without me, it doesn't matter. Like, I want you to know how to be happy, no matter what the pandemic or life stuff happens. I want you to be truly happy despite outside factors. That's what yeah. I want for you.
2: Thank you, I love
1: that. Mm. Thank
3: you.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Such an important conversation. And I know so many yeah. couples, um, <coughs> individuals are going to get gained so much from this. And thank you, Drew, for doing what you're doing. And mm. Julie, for also holding <laughs> the fort, right? Like,
2: uh, <laughs> Thank you. For
1: expanding yourself to like help support all of yes. it energetically. And so right. thank you for doing that.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I have still, still a thousand more questions for you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. I know. We'll, we'll have you? to do a yeah. follow-up. Yeah, when yeah, I get yes. back to fit, we'll do another one. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yes. Totally. Thank yeah. you so yeah, much. Just, this has been great for us, too, to have um, – these are great questions. And actually, I feel like I learned a lot during this. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we will we learn a lot, too. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of like the core of, of Drew. Like, when I think of Drew, I think vulnerability, and I think of, like – your ability to share and and julie like you're such an amazing match for for one another and it's mm-hmm. it's, thank it's an honor to speak to you both and it's also it's a blessing for all those who get to listen because when we hear truth come out we have to reflect on it personally and you know so i've learned from this conversation and and no doubt everyone who listens has as well so yeah, yeah thank you. really grateful for you guys thank you thank so you much guys so much for having us on i really appreciate you guys and hopefully we can see each other person soon